Hello, welcome to Talking Stars, the June edition, where we're previewing the June releases, talking about the May releases, and seeing what we've enjoyed this month. Joining me is Mr. Damien Riley from Riley on Film. No June gloom for me. Maybe for you, maybe for us. And Kira from Film and TV 101. Hello, everybody. And we're back. So what better way to start by thinking about what the future holds for us? We're going to go straight to our very own dinosaur to talk about the first movie. <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, yeah, so uh, my first movie is uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And I would say that I have watched the trailers. I've watched a few featurettes on this, actually. Uh, Darren's Nightmare, because they give away things, I think. But I'll, I'll make sure to not uh, repeat them. And, and in case you're new to this show, Darren d- tends to not like trailers. I'm actually surprised, Darren, that you even participate in this sort of a show. If we get the person who made the Quiet Place trailer doing all the trailers, I'd be very happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one didn't show much. What a great movie that was. Um, I think we have a, a smart, smart director here. Uh, he... Uh, Seems to really know what he's doing, and you know I haven't looked back. I didn't. I don't know who directed the last Jurassic World. I really enjoyed Colin, that film, but what was that? Did you know? It's Colin Trevorrow. Who did okay. Safety not guaranteed. Oh wow, that's not really a, an action film in any way. Uh, I'm not criticizing him necessarily, but I just feel like this new guy is so. Uh, in tune with what a sequel to a to an awesome franchise should be. At one point, he says in a feature that I saw, he says uh, doing a sequel is a fine line and a fine balance between giving people what they expect and giving them what is a surprise to them. So I thought that was pretty special when he said that. I'm really excited about this film. It looks like yes, more of the same dinosaurs. But a, a different twist on what's going on. Apparently in this one, the dinosaurs are becoming extinct. So we have Bryce Dallas Howard fighting for their rights, trying to keep them... Uh, I don't know that they should have rights, but that's a chaos theory question. <laughs> um, you've got Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard with the chemistry, as they had in the previous film. They are both great actors. I look forward to seeing them uh, play together. Uh, I don't think it will be totally all more of the same, as I said. And I also think that the, we're always advancing with CGI and animatronics. They have exhibits now all over the world for various reasons. I know there was a mall I went to once in Santa Ana that had these animatronic dinosaurs all throughout the mall at different displays, and they look so real. So I think we're just going to continue to get a better-looking dinosaur in this. The director's really on top of that. Um, I don't think it will be hollow. I don't think it will be uninspired, which are the risks whenever you do a sequel. So that's me on this. 
Well, Kara, what are your thoughts on this movie? Um, I, I was actually in the cinema yesterday, and this trailer was one of the ones that played. And after it finished, uh, me and my friend have already started penciling dates for when we're going to have a Jurassic Park day to huh. catch up prior to watching this film. So did you, I, th- I think did that you tells you just about all you need to know. See, I... I put all my faith in the director because I love the orphanage so much. But these trailers have been awful. Flat out awful. They have given so much away. You don't need to show the explosion of the island in a trailer. You don't need to do the creepy scene with let's just make a new dinosaur storyline. All of that would be a surprise. As I said, with Quiet Place, you didn't see the creatures, made it fascinating. This one has created another new dinosaur and has shown us it for free. That's not how you make money in Hollywood anymore. I am so worried because Chris Pratt is really going downhill fast as an actor. The second Guardians was boring. He wasn't that good in Infinity War. And again, it just looks like he's trying to be like, Brendan Fraser Mark II and give him two more years he'll be off the radar completely we do have Jeff Goldblum coming back is it going to be more than one scene from what I can tell from the trailers it it looks like well all all you can see him in is he's not in the action parts he's in like the court you know so yeah that's from um, when I was watching one of the chat shows over here it sounds like he hasn't got a massively interactive part in it. But does that mean he's necessarily going to only have a small part? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't have an awful lot of faith in whose name gets mentioned where anymore because sometimes I feel like, you know, a lot of posters, trailers, what whatever it is, a lot of them will name drop purely just to say this person's in it. And make you think that they're going to be in it for a long time. when really, you know, they get like seven minutes. Which was what happened with Suicide Squad. And has happened with a few things. And, yeah, I think it's it's fair enough saying that, oh yeah, Jeff Goldblum's back in this one. But is, is it a bit of a cash grab to try and get people to go and watch it? I don't know. I really don't know. I'd like to think that they wouldn't sink that low. But then, you know, it, the... The last film wasn't... I mean, it didn't flop, obviously, because we've got another film, and we're getting another one after this one. But I don't think it quite got met with the the praise that you know everybody was hoping for. And so is this kind of... You know, we're going to make sure that people come to see this one because we're going to put, you know, the man who made the first films in this film to try and get those people in. I'm not sure, but... You know, I'm still going to go and see it. Yes, it is dinosaurs, and all my hope is that it is actually better than I'm expecting it to be. I, I have very, very low expectations. <laughs> but anyway, that is our dinosaur talk. So we might as well go into the horror talk with Hereditary. This is a horror movie that has been getting hype, hype, hype from the 
uh, circuits from the festivals and everything. They're all saying it's the best thing ever, or this year anyway. We know the studio has a, a excellent record of quality movies. I don't care what Damien says about It Comes at Night. They know how to make movies. They know how to make you think and push the boundaries of horror. So I am fully in for this one. Well, I will I give you. Think... Let me just jump in since you mentioned my name. Uh, I will give you the fact that that movie sets a tone and a mood very well. And um, you know, most of the time when I look at horror movies, that's one of the first things that I I really look for. Say, oh, this is going to be a good movie, or this is going to be a bad movie. Is like the tone and the way it feels, the atmosphere. And that film all throughout has the real dark atmosphere. That's all. Just wanted to give it a little thumbs up there. Okay, I'm guessing that's for Hereditary. Or... No, you you just you said I don't care what Damien says about it. Comes at night. Yeah, because you said it was rubbish. <laughs> I was really let down by the ending, but I just wanted to give it one kudos and say, hey, you know, there's a few good things about it. Acting's not half bad, but. It just sets that mode, that somber, scary horror mode. So it is good that way. Okay. Well, I feel the trailer hasn't really given too much away for this one. I think there is a lot that we will see when the movie unfolds. I know, Kira, you wanted to see this one as well. Yeah. Yeah, this was another one um, that got shown yesterday when I was in the cinema. Um, I said, because the pair of us, we were talking, we were saying, we've got it have a look at what films are coming out and I said oh I've already got a few picks for us and you know Hereditary is one of them and then the trailer came on and she was like what's this and then I saw Tony Collette in the trailer and I was like this is Hereditary and um, I, I basically said to my friend like from what I've seen people say it's going to be you know sort of shitty pants scary because I've seen a lot of people have walked out of this film because they just couldn't hack it for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure, but people are actually walking out of this film when it's being shown. And she was like, well, we've got to go and sit. And I was like, absolutely. We watched the trailer and admittedly don't have much of a clue what's going on apart from a little girl cutting the head off a pigeon that's crashed into a window. Um, outside of that, there's, there's no clue what's going on. But um, obviously, Nanny wasn't happy when she died and uh, she's just reminding everybody of that. And, um, yeah, it just, it looks very intriguing. And then I've done a bit more digging around it, and they're saying that it's been done more in, like, an older-style sort of way, so it's going to start off quite dramatic, and then as the film goes on, it's going to develop more into the horror side of things. Um, And then in the trailer as well, there was references to The Exorcist made. So definitely... I've heard things about it and they're making claims that are kind of making me believe the things that I've heard um, and vice versa. You know, what I've heard is making me believe the claims that the people behind the film are making about it. Um, whether it will stand up and actually be that when it comes to actually going and seeing it, I don't know. But um, I think I've, I'm, I'm excited for it. Definitely, I'm excited for it. I feel like I've had a few horror films recently, I say recently, in the last year, that have actually, they've actually been worth watching. And I've actually, you know, got into them and enjoyed watching them. And I feel like they've delivered on what they've kind of promised. 
So slowly but surely I'm gaining a bit more faith in them and perhaps this one will hopefully um, continue to uh, present them in a good light to me. Hopefully. Good. Uh, Damien, your thoughts on a horror movie? I just think it looks so good. And one thing I will say kind of on the back of what uh, Kira was saying about the trailer uh, or something it said about, I don't know, it was The Exorcist or something like that. But as it was showing the different uh, comments from the, the major publications, you know, one of them was just terrifying. I was, you know, I don't want to say it was Time Magazine, but it's like something like Time Magazine, terrifying. Uh, you know, okay, so that was pulling me in. It was almost like the quotes from the critics were actually pulling me in just as much as the trailer. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if that's going to live up to it because we all know we can't trust trailers. You really can't trust what they're, what they say, but it's just nice that somebody is trying to make a terrifying horror movie. It seems like things have been kind of dry. Uh, and so this is definitely one I want to see. And of course I do like A24. You know, don't don't think that I don't like A two four, Darren, just because I didn't you know didn't love it comes at night. In fact, I did say it was rubbish, uh, in some ways. But um, yeah, they do know how to make movies, and they've made some great movies. The Witch, I wasn't huge about either, uh, and they do cite that at the beginning of the trailer. Uh, but no, there are certain significant things about this trailer that make me think it's going to be one that I'm really going to enjoy. It's going to be creepy. It's going to play with your mind. Tony Collette is an excellent actress. I've never really seen her in horror, so that will be different. But I'm sure once the movie takes off, I'll be able to uh, suspend disbelief on that one. But no, I am this one. You know, I'm going to see it. My wife doesn't like horror. I'm going to see it with somebody or myself. It looks good. So we're all going to see the first two movies, which is unusual for us. Usually we don't like each other's movies. And Mm -hmm. I think Kira's going to keep the batting average up with her next pick, or her first pick, probably her most anticipated film of the year. Of course. Um, So, yeah, um... This was the third trailer that was shown yesterday um, on that very eventful cinema trip. Um, and it was, it was funny because I hadn't actually watched any trailers for um, Soldado, which is the film that I'm about to talk about. Um, I hadn't seen any trailers prior to it. I'd seen the poster, and of course I've been very impressed by the poster that they brought out for it. Um, and, yeah, this this trailer came on, and it, you, know, you didn't see anybody, you just saw helicopters flying over the desert. And my mate, she was like, what's this film? And I was like, I don't know, maybe it's Mission Impossible. You know, because we've not had enough of those films. And then I seen Josh Brolin walking in and I was like, I know what, I know what this is. I know what it is. We can put aside all, you know, uh, I don't know what we were, discontent that this is a Mission Impossible trailer. It's not. This is so much better. And um, she was like, what is it? And I was like, this is Soldado. And she's like, what? Because she hasn't seen Sicario. So... Um, that's that's another day that we're going to plan out. Um, but yeah, I was a massive fan of Sicario when it came out. Firmly believe that it was the best film 2015 when it came out. And I'm praying to God that they do the same with this one. Although, admittedly, it is up against some stiff competition this year already from some of the films that I've seen. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited. The the first film, you know, the way it ended with Alejandro, played by Benicio Del Toro, uh, walking off into the, well, not really the sunset, but, you know, he's walking away from Kate Blunt's character. And, um, yeah, it just... Um, did I get her name right then? Oh, my God, that was embarrassing. It, it, it is Kate Blunt, isn't it? Emily. Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt, there you go. Um, oh god that was embarrassing my brain just like left my body for a second there and you know my mouth was having to catch up with everything so um, Emily Vaughn yeah her character you know she's she's sat there pointing a gun at the end of the, the first film and he walks off into the into the distance and looks back and then that's kind of where the film ends you don't really know what's happened to him and then the news of this sequel came out and it's like oh, we're going to get to see what happened. And then obviously in the trailer, it's him and Matt Graver, played by Josh Brolin, um, who are coming together to start this war on the cartels. I kind of would have um, liked to have seen a prequel to Sicario. Yeah, well, there's a chance that could come yet, because apparently this is all part of a trilogy. Um, mm. So, you know, who knows what could happen with the third film? I, I don't know. I really am not sure entirely what's going to happen with this one. All I know is it looks like they're going to piss a lot of the wrong people off. Um, and I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited. You know, I've had to wait three years for this film. And I'm so glad that it's almost upon us now. And I have to admit, right, just kind of on a separate note, um, it's really nice to see Josh Brolin sort of starting to get the recognition that I think he deserves. You know, in the space of a month, he's going to have been in three massive films. And... That's really nice to see. I've I've liked him for a few years, and I've always thought he was a really underrated actor. You know, you kind of know his face, but you can't say what he's being in or really who his name is if you're not really into the stuff that he's done. And now he just seems to be everywhere at the minute, and it's it's really nice to see that, to be honest. And um, yeah, can't wait. I'm really excited about this film. <laughs> Probably why I went off on the tangent that I did halfway through there, forgetting people's names and all that. Um, but yeah, what are, what are everybody else's thoughts on this film? <laughs> Damien? It, it's, it sounds like they've captured the uh, essence of, uh, of sequels for you, Kira. You want to experience it again, and yeah. you don't know what's quite coming. Uh, for me, the, the, I really liked Sicario a lot. It was almost like there was sort of an innocence to it. It wasn't just Emily Blunt's character that was innocent. It was all of them. They were all kind of finding their way in what they do with different levels of innocence, I should say. But at the end, maybe not Brolin's character. Maybe he always <laughs> knew what was up. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, he got a chance to assassinate the people that uh, Del Toro did. Uh, to assassinate the people that... Oh, spoiler alert. Um you know, it, that had offended him, and that's all I'll say. But I get myself in trouble here. But the um, the the sequel to me, it just looks like I shoot them up, kind of. You know, I just you know, just shooting, uh, shooting, shooting, shooting the whole way through. And so I think it might be a little bit over self serving in that regard. I have to see. I'm not excited to go out and see it, believe it or not. Even though I talked a lot on this show about Sicario, how much I loved it. I think I'm going to pass because it just looks a little bit too violent for me. Uh, I would like to see a prequel. I would like to see how those characters became came to the end of their innocence, so to speak, uh, in that movie. 
but yeah, for me, it's kind of, I just don't know what they're doing. You know, I don't know what they're trying to do, really. So that's, what do you make of that? <coughs> I'm in on it because I like these dirty crime thrillers. And I'm hoping it may be a little bit more action heavy. Because I thought the other one was slightly slow. They were great action set pieces. But the big, big question on this movie is the director. Obviously, it is a Denny Villeneuve. And he is probably the best director in the world at the moment. He doesn't seem to know how to put a foot wrong. So Mm. that would be my only question on this movie, I would say. Otherwise, I'm fully in. Just to see where it goes and what blows up. But for our next movie, we enter the world of controversial release dates. So, Damien, what is your next pick? Well, that would be The Incredibles 2, and I'm curious why in the opening uh, you said especially about Incredibles 2, <laughs> so I'm sure I'll find out. Um, but I think that we have, as with Jurassic Park, an amazing director, Brad Bird. He's not a guy trying to make an Incredibles movie after Brad Bird. He is Brad Bird, and he wants to make something, you know, more. It's been many years in the making. Uh, he will be bringing us something that is well thought out and from an animation genius who's well respected even in the field, not, not just the fans, but among animators, he's very highly regarded. I think Incredibles 1 blew everybody away, and it's been taken all these years. I don't know why, but it, it seems like the right time now to make Incredibles 2, I guess, for them. So I'm excited. A lot of Incredibles 1, 2 was backstory, and we don't have to do that now. Uh, the story should begin rather quickly, and it's the whole family this time. It looks like we've, I think his name is Syndrome. We've got the villain already. Uh, and we could just hop right in and do it. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm pretty sure Syndrome is dead. If you saw the first Incredibles, he definitely isn't going to be coming back. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you never know these days, especially in animation. I don't think you could come back for what happened to him. Okay. Just it's been don't a few wear years. a cape. Don't wear a cape. <laughs> I did that. That's what you got to do. Knock it. <laughs> but, again, this is... The controversy for us is the fact that this isn't coming out till mid-July in the UK. And this is the big problem I've got with Pixar. Coco got such an awful release in England, it barely touched the cinema, it felt like. In America, it got like, a big release. This one, again, has been buried between other movies all the hypes would have come from the American point of view. So by the time England gets to watch it, all the buzz has fallen and we've probably had the next Minions movie first. Because that's what we get. <laughs> I, I don't... I can watch The Incredibles. I feel it's a film that doesn't need a sequel. Mm. And for Pixar's genius, they don't need to be hashing out pointless sequels like mm. Cars 3 or a good dinosaur. I know that isn't a sequel, but it was crap. <laughs> but 
we like their original stories. There's a reason why up Wally, even the first Toy Story, are on a pedestal of brilliance. Before need they don't need sequels. I know Toy Story has sequels, but they didn't need sequels to tell a great story, and that's what Pixar are good at. This is just jumping on the superhero bandwagon because superheroes are the it thing in the cinema. And sadly, this will probably be the third best superhero, maybe the fourth best superhero movie this year. And that's where it's going to really struggle compared to the first Incredibles when we had something like Spider-Man 3 as its only real competition in the genre. I'm happy the cast are all coming back. I don't really know who the villain's going to be, and I'm quite happy with that. Um, but Kira, well, that's the only thing that they'll have to develop, you know. I mean, in the first one, it took so much time introducing you to who Mister Incredible was, and you know his wife, and it just took a long time. So I think this now they're just going to hop into whatever the theme is, whatever the topic is. Yes, that's uh, probably the best way to do it, though. Yeah. That's why you do origin movies. But Kira, yeah. are you looking forward to seeing a picture movie? With... Um, yeah, I kind of am looking forward to The Incredibles too, um, because obviously when the first one came out, I was really just that age, you know, where it was the only thing that I was able to go to the cinema and see. And I think I did go to the cinema to see this one. Um, I know for a fact I saw Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo, and I'm pretty sure The Incredibles was one of them as well. And, you know, I I really enjoyed The Incredibles, but I do take my issues with this one. Um, Part of it is the fact that there is such a length of time in between this and the original film. I just, I can't understand why Pixar are doing it. To be honest, I feel like it is, again, kind of a money-grabbing thing where, you know, they just think, oh, we've, we've not got a big film coming out at this time of year. Let's do something. Let's really get people jumping on the bandwagon again. And, of course, you know, that means that there are people like me who saw the film, you know, 10 or possibly even getting on 15 years ago now and who loved it, and then, you know, it kind of takes you back to that time. Um, The other issue I have with it is The Incredibles actually set itself up nicely for a sequel um, with the introduction of the Underminer at the end of the first film. And now we've got this one, and there doesn't seem to be any mention of him. And I just, I can't understand quite why you'd, go to that length and then you know waste it if that makes sense like that was kind of handed to them on a plate and really the incredibles was the only film where you kind of thought actually you know there could be another one of these in a couple of years time and then it just never came and then the news came out and then i've watched the trailer and it's like well hang on this isn't quite what i was expecting it was going to be so you know, I kind of take... I, I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to see this film, though, because 
I'm older and I'm I'm more savvy to some of the stuff that went on. I think something got explained. I was on Twitter the other day, and they were quoting Elastigirl, and it was something about how she was like, "Oh, I've got to stay at home whilst I leave saving the world to all the guys." I don't think so. And you know, when you're like seven or eight years old, you don't cut on to that. And then now it's like, "Damn, Elastigirl knew what was up back in the day," and um, you know, I'm quite looking forward to jumping on some of those things you know the more adult things that pixar are very good at dotting throughout their films so i'm i'm looking forward to that aspect of it but there's some parts of it that just don't make sense to me to be completely honest well i feel that underminer situation is going to probably be the opening sequence to remind us who the incredibles are and they fight him it'll be like a five minute opening sequence and then you'll meet the proper villain who probably sent him that would be my theory behind it. Mm. But it's all maybes, I guess. Yeah. Well, I but, don't know if you knew this, uh, uh, Darren, but um, with your background with The Simpsons watching, uh, Brad Bird, if you look on his IMDb page, he had a lot of background with The Simpsons, did a lot of character uh, development with The Simpsons. So he had his... He had his hand in that as well. He also directed The Iron Giant, which was not critically acclaimed when it came out, but just kind of developed this huge, uh, I don't know, it's part of our consciousness. It's in Ready Player One, you know, um, and it, The Iron Giant is, is pretty creative and pretty different from what was coming out at the time. The Incredibles, of course. Ratatouille. I yeah. thought Ratatouille was great. Worst uh, Pixar movie ever. You think so? Yeah, I stopped. See, watching I liked it. it. Oh, okay. Well, it, it, you know, it did. I think it did okay. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland, which I wasn't crazy about Tomorrowland, but I mean, Disney believed in them enough to give him that. So we have a guy here who's his his directing is few and far between, but he's been around the block and he knows what he's doing. So, like maybe. Instead of looking at just like another cash grab, as you guys were saying, um, or I think Kara said, I, you know, maybe we should just look at like what this director is all about. Maybe, maybe he's got something different from uh, the other cash grabs out there. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Plus, everybody in my house loves The Incredibles. Maybe it was because about a family. I don't. Maybe we're a family, but it's just you know, it was something different, and it, I thought it was neat. So. I'm not looking at it as so much a, as just a kind of a mindless sequel. I'm looking at the mind of Brad Bird, the chance for him to kind of move into his next like thing, if you will. Well, if we're going to have the cast grab discussion, we have to look at the fact that Disney have made five movies, including Incredibles, in six months. Two of them have been Avengers movies, which have gone to over a billion. Hmm. One is a solo movie. Mm-hmm. that's probably going to get to a billion. Mm-hmm. And the other was A Wrinkle in Time, which nobody watched. Mm-hmm. But So they are running the market for what they want to make money on. And yeah. the only one of that list that's an original story is the one nobody went to see. They don't know how to do original movies anymore, Disney. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, but I'm just saying, I came at it from the point of Brad Bird. Like, 
let's just see what the content is on this one. Uh, I don't have to tell you, I'm not really a huge fan of the Avengers movies. I'm not really a big fan of the solo movie. But uh, this is an artist, you know, an individual guy. I think that's what that's what got this movie made was Brad Bird. It wasn't necessarily the the Incredibles. It was it was Brad Bird and his respect within the industry. But we shall see. Good, good. Well, the next one on our list is one I keep moaning about quite a lot, and that is Ocean's Eight. Though I've seen the trailer, it looks so so heisty movie. And my problem's not so much with the movie; it's the fact that. We're trying to do all the classic movies and then just going, we're just going to make it a women's one. Why not just make a women's heist movie and give it an original title, if that's what you want to do? We have an all-star cast, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Sarah Paulson, Helena Bowen Carter, Rihanna. Her acting's always great. It's just, do we need this movie? Kira, do we need this movie? No, we don't. I'll, I'll put it to you in like three words there. No, we do not need this film. I just... Well, I don't know. I'll let you finish first, Darren, before I go. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's coming out at a dodgy time, isn't it? You know, really, it's it's kind of the height of sort of girl power at the minute with all the Me Too stuff and everything else with equal pay and, you know, women kind of just coming forward and saying, you know what, we've had enough. We're not taking any of this anymore. And then this film comes out and it's like, I really, really so badly want to believe in everything that women are doing at the minute. But I'm really finding it hard to believe in the women making this film. I just... I think it's it's kind of the age-old thing. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Why on earth would you try and... And I'll say remake, even though it's probably not a like-for-like remake. Um, it's technically a sequel, isn't it? Or a... Yeah, if you look on IMDb, it says it follows. But I'm telling you now, I watched one version of the trailer, because I've seen a few different ones for this. I watched one version of the trailer, and I thought, hmm... This seems a bit familiar. And then I went back and I watched the trailer for Ocean's Eleven. And it is more or less, you know, they're spitting differences of each other. You know, it's just, it's (laughs) uncanny, the resemblance. You know, even the way that it has been edited and put together is the same. And I kind of think, why, why would you do it? Just why, you know? I. I'd... You always I run to... the risk when when you're making a film for a cause, and that's your, yeah. and then you're making a film because of the art of the film. And I think that the two sort of they're always threatening to pollute each other, and yeah. and and so when the director of the film, I don't know who directed it. I'm guessing it's a female. No. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, he's got to be thinking about the current climate. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's going to be bleeding in. And, and, but I got to be respectful to Ocean's Eleven, which is not even a female film. It's, a, it's guys. So yeah. 
it's just there's going to be some problems there, and it's hard to know what to expect from a film like that. Ghostbusters yeah. was similar for me, but I don't know exactly if they had the same motive as far as cause for uh, Ghostbusters, because all this stuff hadn't really begun. The Me Too movement, I assume, you know, we're talking about. And, you know, just hearing about Morgan Freeman uh, yesterday and reading about that and just thinking, how can you escape this? This is going to be, you know, this is part of our culture. Uh, how does that fit into o the original Ocean's Eleven? Is this going to be a parody of that? Is this going to be an extension of that? What exactly are they trying to get at? And I just hope that they have a coherent vision you know, I hope this director has a coherent vision doing it. Uh, it's, it's an extension because her name is Debbie Ocean, so it's Danny's yeah. sister. But right, think, but well, the feel and the appeal of the original film, is he going to be going for that same thing or is it going to be kind of lampooning it? You know what I mean? I feel like they're going for the same thing. Uh, the thing that would put me off a bit more of this cast is I think what made the first remake the george clooney one so special is that whole crew you could see them being best buddies on a night out yeah and that's but you could see clearly pitt damon affleck card on this lot i can't see rihanna going for drinks with kate blanchett on a night out it i don't feel there's going to be that chemistry i also feel they've pushed them to the, what you would call older women which is what is the problem role. They're at the problem age of Hollywood at the moment where the 50-year-old ones are always the ones that can't quite get the roles anymore. Because they're either too young to be proper, like, grumpy parents, but they're too old to be the love interests. But yeah. the men, men can always get away with this because they're George Clooney or Brad Pitt. And that's where I think the problem might also lie is they're trying to make a point that the middle-aged women can make films, be leads in successful movies as well. They're trying to push a few younger talents, and it is good to see Sarah Paulson do a movie instead of just another American horror story. Mm -hmm. But there's even like other names that have been listed on it that you haven't even seen on posters. Like you've got. Dakota. I mean, why is James Corden in it? Why? Well, that's the, why does he have to be in it? Yeah, if anyone's been worse than Morgan Freeman, it's James Corden for breathing. But Morgan Freeman is innocent. Watch the videos. He's done nothing illegal. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. People. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't want to defend him because I'm a man, you know. But uh, it's just the stuff I've read, too. It seems like some kind of minor things that happened fairly recently, but... It's too late now, and it's already out there, and that's the problem oh, yeah. with our culture so, now. Is from the interviews out. that they've shown, I've seen The Rock do exactly the same things, but nobody mm. complains when it was The Rock flirting with them, put it that way. Mm. But we're getting off topic here, so I think we'll jump to the next and last of our preview movies. Kira, you going to take this one away? Yes, I am. So... My second and our last film is, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's a fairly small project called Leave No Trace. And kind of at the helm of this film, or heading up the cast anyway, is Ben Foster. Now, anyone who has been listening to this podcast for a little while will know that last year, possibly the year before, 
Um, there was a film called Hell or High Water, and Ben Foster was in that, and I rather loved the film. And kind of since then, anyone to do with that has kind of been on my radar a little bit. You know, I've watched a bit of Chris Pine because it actually turns out he is, you know, quite a, a, a serious person when it comes to some of the films he's been in. And then this one with Ben Foster came up and uh, I didn't know anything about it. In fact, I wasn't aware of its existence, nothing like that. Literally, it was just find some films that will take your fancy for June. And this was one of the ones I quite like the look of. And it's basically all about this guy and his daughter. And they're kind of like survivalists um, for whatever reason. And you watch the trailer and you find a few more things out about the film, you know, storyline, characters. And also, you know, the minds that it's come from. And it's uh, been, I can't remember, it's got something to do with the people behind Winter's Bone, which was a fantastic film. Um, is a fantastic film and I watched the trailer and it's a very very kind of uh, hard hitting um, storyline it, it would seem and uh, definitely at the minute it's ticking all the right boxes for me I think I'm going to be diving into any cinema I can find that is showing it um, which is my main concern that it's not going to get shown far and wide because I really don't believe it's a massive project that's taking place but I really want to see this film I watched the trailer and it, it hit home and I want it to be so good just so good that's see when I when I watched the trailer all I could think was a sensible version of Captain Fantastic oh my gosh I wrote that down not not the sensible version part, but yeah, I'd compare it to that. Well, it doesn't have the wackiness of Captain Fantastic. It is the same sort of environment idea, and I like to which see... I love, by the way. I loved Captain Fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's something that could be one of the surprise hits of the year. I don't know if it's a cinema release or whether Netflix will quickly pop it up last minute, steal it off someone to actually make people watch it. And it's one of them where it's going to have a breakthrough star, which we saw with Winter's Bone did for Jennifer Lawrence. You never know what's going to happen when you've got these. Ben Foster is pretty much always gold on screen. I have seen nearly all of his movies from like the early 2000s. He still is one of my favourite villains in Hostage with Bruce Willis. So creepy. And to see him playing a good guy is a bit strange. But I think this could prove that he is somebody that could be taken seriously. So, Dave, Yeah, I, I think it's it's an important film. I really want to see it. I can't wait. I'm just like Kira. I'm not particularly a fan of Ben Foster necessarily. He did great in Hell of High Water. I like him. He's okay. But for me, the it, it could be any actor. I, I like the story and I like the concept of the family uh, possibly triumphing. We don't know the end, but... Uh, over our fucked up society. I mean, we, we have a society now that, you know, where, where children are suing their parents and winning, you know, we, we have, a, we have a society now where, you know, uh, if a, if a parent, 
you know, has any kind of a problem with a teacher, the teacher's fired. You know, I mean, that's the reality. And so I just, it's nice to see something outside of all that, outset out in the woods. Uh, it, I'm not saying he, he's, you know, necessarily good for his daughter or bad for his daughter, but when you see her in the trailer, like at one point, the, the, you know, the police or the Mounties or whatever say to him, are you alone out here? And he says, no, I'm with my daughter. And, uh, you know, that wasn't their point. They knew that he was with her daughter. He's just like, no, I mean, are you alone out here? Like, of course, you're not going to be having your daughter. We're going to take her away. But uh, are you alone out here? You know, so I just I really want to see it because I'm really interested in that the concept of, of the degradation of our society, how we've lost the idea of what family possibly means. And it looks like that this this guy and his daughter, you know, it, whether the police and the CPS and everybody on child services, you know, decide that he's harming her or something. I'm interested to see, like, you know, the love between them and what's really going on there. Do you guys think I'm off base in that or? No, it's testing their relationship. What well, once she's seen a different life is is that what she, can she go back to this other one? Yeah. If that's the only life you've ever been shown, again, what we saw quite a lot in Captive Fantastic, they, that was their only life. As soon as the door opened to see another life, their yeah. mentality's changed, and this has done exactly the same thing. And it's always an interesting thing to see. Yeah, it's not really related to that other movie you had me see about the teacher and the, remember the, the one you had yeah, me watch? Well, I, think, with- I think like that. No, I know it's nothing like that, but I I got the when I saw his face and I just saw what he was going through, and and the 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 wave of judgment that that would have been passed on him, it, it just reminded me of that character, not necessarily the plot, but just that same character. Fair enough. So uh, that is the six films between us that we most like to see. Maybe not all of them. But there are a few more. So I have a quick word, a couple of word reactions about these movies. Tag. Damien? Mm, haven't heard about Tag. Oh, Tag. <laughs> yeah, that joke one. Yeah. Oh, that looks hysterical. I'm going to go see that. Yeah. Uh, grown adults playing Tag. Funny. Sorry. There's my two words. <laughs> Kira? John Ham. Yes. <laughs> In the fade, just John Hamm. <laughs> what was in it, excellent? In the fade. In the fade. Oh, uh, Kira, That's... you go on that one. I. It I escapes me at the moment. Okay. Tell me, tell me quick what it is because I think I have seen something. No, the whole it. point is to get your instant reactions if you've actually ever heard of it. Okay, I don't recall enough, but I know the title. Okay. My friend Dharma. Oh, my friend Dharma. I thought that was already out. Uh, I'm using UK release dates. You would use American release dates. Yeah, I can't say anything because I've already seen it. (laughs) Fair enough. Kira? No. Simple. Book Club. Kira? Ah. No. Damien? (laughs) I went and saw it with my wife the other night. Okay, the last one then is Adrift. 
Adrift. Don't know it. Kira? No. No. See, see we're, we're all really encouraged by these other movies that <laughs> we get in the UK. Strangely enough, Overboard comes out this month as well here. Okay. And Super Troopers 2. <laughs> but I doubt anyone's going to see those two movies, apart from Damien. <laughs> so, we'll reach the next part of the show, so we're going to look at the movies that we have seen at the cinema in a bit of a review-y type form. We'll also include Netflix, Amazon, TV shows, etc. So... Kira, you can go first. Pick one. Okay. Um, I have watched... Oh, I'm going to steal yours, Darren. Deadpool 2. I know you're going to pick that one. Depends if I'm in a moany mood. Did you not like it? I did like Deadpool. I talked about it on the lamb last week. Oh. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was... Probably better than the first one, to be honest. I uh, the difference is though that I watched this one obviously at the time that it's come out, so kind of the time that it's been written for. The last one I only watched it about a month ago, um, so all the timely jokes that were made in this one are cottoned onto straight away. Whereas perhaps you know three years on from 2015 or 2016 when the original Deadpool came out, perhaps I don't quite grab those ones as much um, but yeah honestly got some real belly laughs from everybody who was in the cinema with us yesterday it was horrendous some of the noises we were making really really funny loved it absolutely loved it see I think it was funnier than the original but not a better movie than the original I just I thought the story was a bit so so but the joke saved most of that the whole Brad Pitt incident <laughs> Yeah. The only thing they should have done with that is made the the vanisher eat in all the scenes. Just see him eating, that would have made it even funnier. Yeah. When I was so like beside myself though, because obviously when you get introduced to the rest of kind of the new X Force and Bill Skarsgård turned up, I was like, "Hello, what has happened? Did not know about this." And then they killed him like two minutes later, and I was like, "Oh." Okay, so you, you catfished me there, thanks. Um, yeah, I've just... It, it was just kind of... There was so much that took me by surprise. And uh, we Baby just enjoyed it so much. Baby, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> have you seen Deadpool 2 yet? Yeah, I don't plan to. Sorry, you guys, if you're going to bring that up, you're going to have to give me a chance to talk about it, so don't bring it up. (laughs) What have you seen, then? Um, You know, I saw a Netflix movie I really wanted, a show, TV show that I really want to share. It was called The Rain, and it's a a Swedish, uh, originally a Swedish show. It's made in Sweden, Uh, but they dubbed, which I haven't seen since watching Bruce Lee movies or some of those old kung fu movies. They actually did dubs, English dubs, and it's on Netflix. And, uh, you know, you just, you watch the movie. At first it's a little weird, because the mouth doesn't quite line up with the words. But it's really done well, and there's a lot of great music in it. And it's like a young adult, sort of uh, apocalyptic story, where the rain has the virus. So if you go out in the rain, you're, like, done. 
turn into a zombie. Uh, and we just, I binge watched it. It was so great, and I, I highly recommend it. Fair enough. I have not seen it. Kira? No, that's not what I've been watching on Netflix. That Fair enough. Well, I will start my complaining for this month. With, <sighs> I was going to watch 13 Reasons Why Season 2, and I've done two and a half episodes, and I've given up all hope in watching it, because it's crap now. I couldn't get into Season 2. Season 1 was fantastic. Season 2, nope. It's done. One my, and done da- my daughter turned it off. She watches it in the other room, and she came. She's thirteen, and she she loved the first one. But she came in and sat with us to watch what we we're watching. I was like, "Are are you going to watch Thirteen Reasons Why?" She says, "Same thing you said." She says, "I just I watched two episodes. I don't even want to see it." Uh, she said it was too dark for her. That's what she said. And it was so, too much of high school politics and. Yeah. I don't know how the, <laughs> that guy's still in high school after draping her. But yeah, Kara, yeah. have you watched any of these shows? No. Okay. No, I haven't. And um, given the very damning verdict this season two's had, of quite a few people, I probably won't. You can get away with just watching the first season, but what else have you been watching? Um, I have been watching. Um, I've not finished it yet. I'm only two episodes in. Um, but I've been watching Evil Genius on Netflix. Um, yeah, that's uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> it kind of got sold to me. My friend was watching it, and she kind of gave me a rundown of the first episode, and I just was like, okay, I'm going to have to stop you then now, because you've just told me you get to see a man blow up. I think I'm going to have to watch this for myself. And, you know... You watch it and it's happening and it's honestly like it's so fascinating. Everything to do with it. And also just where where do people get these ideas from? Just how and why and yeah, really, really interesting. Um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the final two episodes, um, to see what this woman, this Marjorie Deal, just what exactly the deal is with her. But, yeah, really just mesmerising. The programme is just awesome. Well, that's another one I haven't seen. Damon, have you seen it? No, I haven't. And what else have you seen? Uh, This film called Dark Country. Anybody seen it? Not even heard of it. Oh, darn. I think it might be a your alley, Darren, because it is a horror movie, but it's one of those noir, like film noirs, where uh, the lead guy is sort of talking like, oh, you know, so I've met the dame, and then we did this, but it's not annoying, it's it's tasteful the way he does it, but he basically hooks up with a lady a dancer in Vegas, and they get married after like a number of hours, and then they have to drive back at night through the Las Vegas uh, desert and they basically encounter a body and that just just messes everything up and it's just all these they have all these misadventures this is a very old movie yeah it's kind of old oh was I only supposed to do new ones it was meant to be the new ones of oh shoot oh oh okay so you do know that movie then okay I, I've looked it up it's from 2009 
Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. I thought it was just what you've been watching. I get it now. It's supposed to be new stuff. Um, well, yeah, I recommend that one. <laughs> but um, let me uh, let me go back and look. You want to share yours, and then I'll look at more newer stuff I've seen. Well, I have gone through some of the films we talked about last episode. I watched Anon. <laughs> hmm. That, that was fun. It was rubbish. <laughs> Boring and nothing happens. Sci fi is having a terrible year this year, I'm not gonna lie. So Kara, did you actually watch this? No. <laughs> when you told me that it was produced by Sky, I was like, Yeah, maybe we should give this one a miss now. I wanted it to be so good though for Clive Owen, bless him, and it just doesn't sound like it was. Just because they bought us the classic hurricane heist doesn't mean they can't make good movies. Yeah, but you said it didn't bode well for them. And I took that advice. And I applied it. And I'm glad I didn't. Damien, did you try and watch it? I haven't seen Anon. I I, I feel like I'm more perceptive than you. I looked at it and said, no, thank you. Well, what was your next pick then, Damien? Uh... You know what? Um, I'm looking at my Netflix profile because it shows everything I watched. I've been watching a lot of stuff, and most of it has been older stuff. Um, Have you not been to the cinema this month? Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, if you, I could actually talk about, um, you know, without spoilers, I, I could talk about Book Club because I saw that uh, night before last, and. Uh, this is, man, it, okay, Andy Garcia is like enraptured with Diane Keaton. I don't know if you can picture that, but it was, it was just really. right, is it? Because she was Dante <laughs> back in the 90s. I mean, not only enraptured, but just like falling down, grabbing flowers out of the, anywhere he no. can find flowers and handing them to her. And Sorry. So not, that's difficult. Not right. Yeah. But I, I felt like it was. I wonder who trying... picked that movie. What's that? I wonder who picked that movie. Yeah. Well, she gets tired of all my horror and everything. She she likes the cutesy stuff and but she's a book reader, so you know. And plus, we like we do like Mary Steen Mergen. Uh, you know who else is in it? It's just got you know the the big ones. It's got uh, Jane Fonda's in it. Um, but you know, I'm just gonna hold back on my judgment because we do this with older men. I mean, in in movies, we've got like Tommy Lee Jones or some of these guys that really are, you know, kind of showing their age. No offense, Tommy Lee, but uh, you know, and they're with these super young women. We do that all the time, and nobody bats an eye about it. But in this film, they put, you know, like seventeen years younger. I think Andy Garcia is seventeen years younger than her, and uh, you know, kind of hook them up, and and so I don't know. It's it's cute. They're they're reading. Uh, uh, God, what's the bondage book? I can't even. <laughs> yeah, uh, Char... Christian Grey. Fi... Yeah, they're reading Fifty Shades of Grey in their book, and they're all of them are like seventy. Seventy is like the minimum age. I think Mary Steenburgen is like in her early sixties, but the rest of them are like over seventy, well over seventy, and uh, they're reading this book, and you just kind of have to go, 
Hmm, you know, is that realistic? Do women mm-hmm. that age even care about Christian Grey? Or mm-hmm. maybe they do. Uh, they act like they do. So, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's. Uh, I think it's funny. It's funny. It really is funny to see these things going on. But you have to kind of ask yourself if you're a movie buff like me, like, don't we just have a double standard a little bit? Kira, do you think we do? As a woman? As a woman. Um... I mean, we'll have like these older male actors with real young women, right? I mean, we see that all the time. Oh, no, no, it's not so much. It's just the particular example in this film. Yeah. Getting around to Garcia. Like, hang on a minute. It's not correct. That's not yeah. right. She was his auntie in one film. And I just can't. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, it, it's just one of those things, like, it's, it's always going to happen, I think. Um, I, I think they're telling <laughs> women that you don't have to hang it up, you know. You yeah. don't have to just, like, say, hey, I'm done. I'm 70. So that, for that, I like it, but it, it it was just kind of a shocker to me. It, it's hard for yeah. me to take in. Yeah, I think it, it depends on the behavior of the people that, you know, they're supposedly playing as well. You know, I'm yeah. quite open, really, to there being age gaps in relationships. Um, but you can't have, well, I mean, I say you can't. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. To be honest, but yeah. to me, it wouldn't make sense for a seventy-year-old woman to be behaving like a nineteen-year-old with this newfound love that she's got. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, you've got I think they it. sold it. Yeah, I agree. I think they sold it on the actors. You know, people want to see Mary Steenburgen and Jane Fonda, and you know, the, the the row of women that are in this movie in the book club. They want to see those people. So I think that's what it's mostly sold on. The story, eh, it's a little. Not realistic, but um, so there. There's my modern one, Darren. <laughs> so, Kira, back to you. Have you seen anything else brand new this month? Um, yes, I have watched Cargo, which was one of my oh, yeah, of most anticipated for May. Um, it was all right. Um, I think. Could probably have done with being a little bit shorter. Didn't need to be quite, you know, getting on for two hours long. But, um, yeah, I didn't think it was bad. Um, probably one of the better zombie films I've seen. Or, you know, one of the ones I've enjoyed more. But, watchable. Watchable. And considering some of what we were given in May, it was probably one of the picks that were most worthy of your time definitely sounds like it was better than a norm anyway uh, norm's not, probably not even the worst one I saw this month mm-hmm. <laughs> saving that one for later yeah. I also saw Cargo as well uh, I enjoyed it I, I agree it was probably too long the thing that annoyed me most is he was being really picky about who he was going to give his son to and it was like <laughs> you've got or daughter to you've got like two days and you keep, you're in the middle of nowhere and you're just like have maybe not that one, maybe not that one. It's like you kind of need to just get rid of the kid as soon as possible, not be very picky. That yeah. was the thing annoyed me a bit. But David, did you see it? I saw it, and we loved it. We thought it was great, and I was actually in tears a couple times. It was intense. Maybe it's just thinking I have one of my own daughters on my back, but 
Man, that was a great movie. I was surprised because when it first started, I thought, oh, it's going to be a jokester movie because he's kind of a jokester in a lot of the stuff he does, you know, but, uh, but no, it was, I really liked it. And this is a little plug for Darren, uh, on, on, uh, YouTube because, uh, last night before we went to bed, we were waiting for some clothes to dry. We had like 20 minutes before the dryer was done. And I'm like, what can I watch? So I put on YouTube on the TV and we put on Darren's review of Cargo. <laughs> So we watched you, Darren, and uh, my even my kids were there too, and and they said, "That's Darren." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's him." What did you think he looked like? I don't know, but he looks different. They said, <laughs> "That's what you know." That's YouTube for you, Darren. I mean, you know what you look like, but no, they really liked it, Darren, and uh, and folks out there, he is on YouTube. You should watch his reviews. Uh, it seemed like you liked it in the review. Uh, you said another thing that I agreed with, but I... What were you going to say? I did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, so it was funny because I was going to turn it off because I figured they're like, oh, they've seen enough. And my wife grabbed my grabbed the remote. She goes, no, leave it because she really liked what you liked your review. Uh, she said, there was something you said that she really agreed with. Um, I think it was, oh, I'd have to ask her. I can't remember. But there's definitely one thing you said that she totally agreed with. Uh, I think Cargo is is really good, and I think people should see it. I, I don't think it's advertised well. Uh, it has a very famous actor. Uh, is his name Martin Freeman? I don't know. Mm-hmm. His... Yeah. yeah, I don't really follow him. But, yeah, Martin Freeman. And uh, so people will probably watch it just because of that. But if you're not familiar with martin freeman or it just looks like whatever here's another zombie movie it's not it's really different and i think the ending is really really powerful uh so okay you should tell them how to get to your podcast darren (laughs) they're already listening to the podcast i mean your uh your 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 youtube podcast it's still Movie Reviews 101 on YouTube as well. There we go. There it's we go. I, I looked up Darren Lucas. I couldn't find it. So that's I had to go to Movie Reviews 101. I rebranded it a couple of months ago to actually be. Okay. What else have you seen then, Damien? New. Uh, yeah, for new, I really have to kind of bow out because I, you know, I didn't get it when you said three uh, that you've watched. Um, cause I just have been watching a lot of older films. Um, so, I don't know. yeah, well, we'll stick on the zombie theme and I did watch the cured. The one where the zombie infection has been cured and people are being let back into society, but they remember eating people and in Ireland, they're being discriminated against because of what happened. It's quite a interesting idea it's sold on Ellen Page again one movie sold on a big name but it tackles more of the society differences like immigration type thing that was going on through Europe and through that giant wall along Mexico but it lacked something to make it stand out a little bit more Um, Hmm. it is interesting having the idea that the zombies the cured people remember what they did as zombies and then the people who were never infected considered them murderers. So hmm. that was an interesting turn on it. But otherwise, if you like zombie movies, you should try it. But 
Kira, have you seen anything else? Um, yeah, the final thing from last month. And again, I'm not all the way through it yet. Um, but the final thing is a Netflix series called Safe. And it's a Manchester set sort of mystery thing. Um, with Michael C. Hall at, <laughs> at the top of the cast list. Um, <laughs> I was quite surprised, to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, it's all these quite well-known British names, and then it's Dexter, and it's like, hang yeah. on a minute, <laughs> he's not a mank, is he? Um, and he's not, but um, he's, he's playing the part fairly convincingly, I have to give him that. He, he basically, is, his daughter has gone missing after going to a party with an older boy, and um, it's, it's everybody kind of living in this posh area of Manchester. Such a thing does exist, apparently. And, um, you know, they're kind of all coming to terms with the events that have led up to this girl going missing. And it it kind of has all gone tits up following a party held by a very popular girl in school. Um, It's quite quite an intriguing sort of story so far, Um, probably about halfway through it, I think. Um, But, yeah, it's it's an interesting mix of actors in it and... uh, yeah, it's it's all right. It's fairly decent watching. See, I lasted ten minutes and I couldn't deal with his English accent. <laughs> it just annoyed me so much. It's just it's a bit too posh, isn't it? Like it's not a Mancunian accent. I'm not um, even sure what it is. It's almost like he's watched the wrong DVD to get the accent, and he's mixed it all up. It's, it's not convincing. I don't understand why you would hire an American. Well, I don't either. I think that's purely just to try and appeal to American viewers. But, I mean, you know, why? Why would you do Especially with something in Manchester. I mean, why would you do that, honestly? Damien, have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it, but you make a really good point about accents. Um I just beg and plead when I see people in movies that I know don't speak that accent. I just beg and plead with the powers that be that please don't let them do an accent in the film. And lately they haven't been, which has been nice in films I've been watching. But I'm like you. I'll turn it off. I just can't. I can't even deal with it. However, I will say this. A lot of actors that I've seen in uh American roles, like playing Americans, are really English or Australian. I see that a lot too. And they seem to be able to pull it off, like quite well. And then you see them in interviews and you go, oh, they're British. Oh, God, I didn't know that. But it seems like it can't go the other way. Do you know what I mean? It seems like Americans really foul up trying to do accents. Yes, Keanu Reeves, we're talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have two more left. I watched Fahrenheit 451. That was shit. And I watched Solo, a Star Wars story. That was boring. Yeah. And didn't need to watch it. Nah, I don't care about it. But... The final feature that we are bringing to the show is we are going to talk about our top three watched things through May from any year. 
So, Damien, you can go first. What oh, are your top three watches? Well, uh, folks, this is a, a new format, so apologize. I don't really have it together. Um, this means stuff that we saw through May that could be from any year? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this was coming up. Well, that's kind of cool. Uh, I saw The Wrong Man uh, by Alfred Hitchcock. Really, really liked it. Uh, drew me in. Uh, basically, they get the wrong man. It's uh, Henry Fonda and really beautiful uh, wife, that lady that plays his wife. I can't remember her name. Uh, it's all black and white, 1953, I believe. And uh, just loved it. It's a kind of a mystery, so I can't really say much about it. But if you're interested in court court-type dramas, legal-type dramas, uh, where a guy basically takes the rap for somebody else and has to get out of it, you probably love it. Fair enough. And your next one? I saw a film called Boys in the Trees. Uh, anybody seen that? No. No. Haven't seen it, there. Yeah, it's a drama. A little moving slightly toward horror because it takes place on Halloween night. So some things happen that are kind of a little bit scary, but not really that much. Uh, the story just has to do with these bullies that basically have to are forced to go through their life and see the things that they've done and and uh, and maybe have a change of heart about the way they treat people and or maybe not. And uh, really liked it. That one was on Netflix, I believe. Okay. And your final one? Oh gosh, I've I've watched so many movies. I said the dark uh, dark country. Um, I guess I'll just leave it at that because I don't have. I honestly can't remember where May started and the other one ended, and isn't that terrible? Um. Oh. oh, here's one. Wait, gotta say this one. Mulholland Drive. I, wa- I finally watched Mulholland Drive, and I think everybody interested in Mulholland Drive uh, should watch it with a completely open mind and just experience the feeling of it. Don't look for any meaning, and maybe you'll find some kind of meaning. Darren, I know you reviewed this in the past recently. Uh, for me, this was one that everybody was always saying I should see. You got to see that. You got to see that. So I finally watched it, and it was a little bit frustrating for me because I do like films that tell me what's going on. This one really leaves it up to you. Uh, but I did develop um, an idea of what I think it means. And is a you know Naomi Watts is great in everything she does, so I liked watching her, and and uh, it was a good film. Fair enough. Well, Kara, what are your three? Um, well, May has kind of been a time of a few rewatches and, you know, getting into shows that are really quite old, um, purely because a lot of references get made at work and I got fed up of not being in on the joke. So, um, huh. on that note, I think I will start with um, I watched I'm Alan Partridge on Netflix and the the guys I work with they would always quote lines from it and I would just never have a clue what was going on and I got fed up of it and I decided I would watch it and I watched the whole lot in like two days 
just honestly loved it. It would never get made today. Um, for so much of the stuff that gets said in it, it is very close to the bone, but it's very, very funny. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Steve Coogan either, which is the funny part of it. I don't really like him. I think he's a bit of a knob, but really, really was like so invested in this series. Loved it. Um, the second thing I have watched, um, again, it's a rewatch, kind of a bit of a throwback with this one, but I was in a bit of a mood for a, a bit of Idris Elba in my life, so I was rewatching Luther, and yeah, it's just, just wonderful, wonderful way to spend my time. Um, you know, it, I, there's just there's something about that program. It's such a good, such a good project that the BBC made, and. Honestly, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have to wait for this next one that they're making. But I really, really hope that they get it out soon because they they never seem to put a foot wrong with it. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love Luther too. Yeah. Great. We watched all of them. Yeah. It's just, it's fantastic. It's like yeah. one of the best shows that the BBC, I think, have, have put together in the last 10 years. And, oh. Honestly, Idris Elba just gives me life. Um, Finally, um, I've rewatched season one of True Detective again, and you know, kind of, kind of on this this a similar note to why I rewatched Luther. Um, You know, for me that is like peak Matthew McConaughey, and I need some of that in my life sometimes, and. yeah, just fantastic. It is kind of one of the rare shows where the more times I watch it, the better it gets. You know, there's there's something about it. I just I pick up on different things each time I watch it. And as well, um, you know, I'm kind of watching it a couple of years now after I originally watched it. I'm picking up on a lot more in it now. I think it's it's quite timeless. And um, there's there's a few things that were getting said in it, and I kind of thought, hmm, that's that's really more relevant than ever now. And uh, of course, it is just that show that was just so well put together, and oh, such an intense ending, um, amazing, absolutely loved it. Even um, after the first uh, season. I only watched the first season. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I have no, season. I have no use for the second season. I tried to do the second season. I, I, it wasn't the same in any way. Yeah, the second season is not available yet. It's. No, we'll see what you think. Tell me what you think. Yeah, for I'm me, watching it on now TV. I've yeah. watched it once before because I watched it when it um, oh, okay. premiered. But um, I think I'm going to rewatch it when it comes on now TV and uh, okay. decide then whether or not it's kind of held up because it it could be that the second time around it could be slightly better. I didn't think it was terrible the first time around. Maybe I'm thinking I think of the third season. There's not been a third one yet, Damien. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, then it's the second. <laughs> Even it's you would be able to slag off the third I really didn't again. like the second. <laughs> We're waiting for that third one because of the yeah. cast. But I, but I don't understand this concept of watching things again. I, I mean, I just, my wife does it too. I I just feel like if I have a reason to, like if Darren says, hey, we're going to do the, this show or this movie, then I'll go watch it again because I want to talk about it. But 
I don't know. I, I kind of admire you for being able to just spend that time watching something that you've already watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just I just like doing it. A lot of it, part of it is, uh, you know, being a lech. And other parts of it are possibly, you know, just the fact that I want to watch something, but it's possibly late at night. So I don't want to watch anything yeah. that's brand new that I can't fully take in. And... Yeah. I don't know, sometimes I'm just in the mood and I just think, you know what, I could really, really go in for watching that right now. I think I need to do that more, but I just, I have a real hard time with it. I'm I always think thinking, get more TV movies show- under my belt, get more movies under my belt. Yeah, with TV shows especially, I think it's it's difficult to do because it's a bigger time investment. But yeah. um, I kind of, if the mood takes me to, I don't specifically say, yeah, on this date I'm going to watch this. It will just be that, oh, I really fancy watching that. And then before you know it, you're three or four episodes deep and it's like, I can't put it down. And it's almost as if when it's the good stuff, like season one of True Detective or like Luther, you know, before you know it, you can be finished the whole lot and you won't have noticed. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Well, my top three also has two rewatches in it. I have Up because... I'm doing my ABC animated challenge through June. So I needed one beginning with you and up hadn't been reviewed. So I wanted to watch it again and it's still just as magical as it was first time. And I still think it's probably Pixar's best movie yeah. and does a better love story than three Fifty shades of gray movies in 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I also rewatched Psycho for my Psycho Marathon. And I just wish I could have watched Psycho fresh and never known anything about it. Because the two main twists are so, like, shocking. But once you know them, they're like, oh. But it's just a masterpiece of horror. But the final one I am going to say I watched and enjoyed. It was something called Island Zero which is a creature feature type story about the residents of a remote island who end up getting picked off by some creature. And it's a bit like Grabbers, if you ever saw Grabbers. Yeah. It's a bit like that without the comic tone. That's the best way I'd describe it, so I think it's well worth a watch. But... That is going to be everything for the June edition of Talking Stars. I hope you go and enjoy the f- movies we've suggested and Incredibles in July if you're in England. And you can find us at... Damien, you can find you at where? <laughs> uh, right now I'm focusing on my personal podcast where I talk to a machine, no guests or anything. Hoping to get more guests, but just trying to talk about movies I've seen, and that's the DamienRileyPodcast.com. Riley on Film is kind of on hold right now. I don't have time to be writing long reviews, so if you want to know what I'm up to, just look at the DamienRileyPodcast.com. And Kira, where can they find you? FilmandTV101.wordpress.com. That is where you find everything to do with me, although very much like last time. Um, the content is somewhat inconsistent at the minute. Um, you know, just doing what I can when I can. Um, but it's a dodgy time of the year now, uh, admittedly. 
Weddings. Sunny. Uh, weddings. Sunny. Perhaps. No, it's not sunny. It's not sunny weather. Trust me, it's not that. It's it's just weddings. They're coming up thick and fast, and yeah, kind Please of. Please write to Kira and tell her she sounds great on our show. <laughs> so she'll keep being yeah. involved in it. Just anything to get me through the weddings, to be honest, because it doesn't look like marriage. Send her money. Doesn't look like marriage is getting banned in this country yet, so I'm still going to have to work at them, sadly. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) And you can find me at movereviews101.com and on YouTube, and I'm sure we'll all end up having discussions through Twitter about how much we hate or love movies. Because that's what everybody is doing nowadays. And, and so we're going to say goodbye. So you can say it however you want, as long as you don't put on a fake British accent, Damien. Yeah. yeah that's right. Um, let me see. Au revoir, governor. That's... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Wait a minute. Au revoir, governor. French and, like, dirty British. There you go. Thank you, Dexter. We Americans suck at imitating other people, but it's easy to imitate us because we're just, what's up, dude? Uh, if you say so. <laughs> uh, Kira, do you want to say it in a more interesting manner? Goodbye. Simple, to the point. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> I'll just say goodbye as well. Thank you all for listening.